0: But also, they spoof Oz so well in another <laughs> movie, like, there's that sensitive guy, he's like, dude, stop.
1: <laughs> no. Stop, it, man. Because
0: Oz, is he does get annoying half the time in this movie. As 90s kids, American Pie was the hallmark comedy for our childhood. It's raunchy, it's offensive, but it's also full of really good life lessons about relationships, about sex education, and surprisingly meaningful things in there. Was well, this is the best movie for 10-year-olds to watch? No. <laughs> Did but we? Yes. yes. <laughs> and this was the kind of movie that you would go to your friend's house and we put on American Pie or or we'd watch it with our brothers, so... Uh, was this on all the time in the house (laughs) (laughs) this one was but this movie i haven't seen it in so long so so long because it obviously hasn't aged well some of it but some of it has aged pretty well i I would say there's really just one main sequence that hasn't aged well it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be on this rewatch because i think the last time i watched it was maybe i had to have been late teens it's been that long since i've seen the film because i mean it's an awesome movie and it's a part of our like childhood in a way but it's not like the the best comedy. It's not like I wouldn't put it in the top 15 comedies of even that decade. But it's still very funny. The characters are quite memorable. But the movie, as offensive as it can be, it actually is kind of sweet. And it does have some pretty decent romance. It's got some good music from the 90s. Anyone who grew up in the 90s is going to recognize a lot, of this, a lot of the music. Banging soundtrack! However, there's a musical score... That is absolute garbage. It might be the worst <laughs> score ever made for a movie, and it feels just like an ex- a studio executive was like pushing buttons on a pad of like, all right, sad music, happy music, corny acoustic melody, romance music. It was it's that bad, but the soundtrack is pretty awesome. American Pie came out in 1999, directed by Paul White and Chris White brothers, written by Adam Hertz. The story centers on five high school seniors and friends from fictional East Great Falls, Michigan. Jim Levenstein, an awkward and sexually naive nerd whose dad offers him pornography and awkward sexual advice. Chris Oz, Ostriker, an overconfident star of the lacrosse team. Kevin Myers, the calm leader of the group, seeking to lose his virginity with his girlfriend Vicky. Paul Finch, a mochaccino drinking sophisticate. And Steven Stifler, a popular but raucous jock who often throws wild parties, and is the only one of the five who is not a virgin. When dorky classmate Sherman claims that he lost his virginity at a party hosted by Stifler, Kevin prompts Oz, Finch, and Jim to join him in making a pact. They pledge that they will lose their virginity by high school graduation and prom. Rotten Tomatoes, American Pie is a 61% critic score and 61% audience score with over 250,000 ratings. I could I agree with that, yeah. IMDb, it's a 7.0 with 426,000 ratings. Letterboxd, it's a 3.1 with a quarter of a million ratings. On a budget of $11 million, American Pie grossed $235 million at the box office, and it runs at just 95 minutes. It beat Wild Wild West in its opening weekend. Did it really? Wild Wild West lost to American Pie. It was a sleeper hit. It also, do you know how many American Pie movies there are? Seven? There's eight American Pie movies, and Eugene Levy is in every single one of them. No, he isn't. He's not in one of them. He's in eight of them. Is He's in every single one? He's in every single one. I thought there was one that Eugene is not because we have, obviously, like, the main cast, they have American Pie, American Pie 2, American American Wedding, Wedding. and then American Reunion, which was, like, the last one in 2012 that they're all in. With their whole main cast, yeah. But then are the spin-offs we have, American Pie Presents Bandcamp, The Naked Mile, Beta House, The Book of Love, and It kind of became like a National Lampoon's kind of franchise. Exactly. Where it's like National Lampoon's presents this different kind of cast in a different location of this style of comedy. Do you know how much money at the box office this franchise has grossed? Over a billion. 989 million. Ah, damn. So even... What's interesting is, as be- in, none of them are really that good at all, except for the first one. A couple of the sequels are they're pretty good. They I have like good the moments. second one. The yeah. second one, that's the one where they're at like, the beach house, right? Yeah, they're building a house. They're fixing it up. They're I think they're in college. Are uh, they building? No, they're not building they're it. They're fixing it up. Yeah, they're, they're, definitely... they're, they're not like laying the foundation okay, of a house. They're not building a house. <laughs> <laughs> like I, house is I corrected been. myself. They're <laughs> fixing it up. They're, okay. <laughs> they're building a house from scratch. They got a bunch of 2, <laughs> two by 4s and nails from Home Depot. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. But, so, American Reunion, the last one with the main cast that still made 240 million dollars holy crap 240 million dollars for a comedy in 2012 really yes massive massive hit so you can see why this franchise kept you know pushing them out and eugene levy I love him, and he really rode the wave, and it. I think it really helped pay the bills for a long time for him. Probably, he wasn't in a ton of stuff for a little while besides this, but everyone knew him as Jim's dad. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, I think the cast is really the cast is perfectly cast as the characters. Some of the actors are really good. Some of the actors are pretty mid. I would say that for watching scenes <laughs> <Pretty> with <mid. laughs> watching scenes with Thomas e and Nicholas and Tara Reed is a struggle. They so Thomas plays Ke- uh, Kevin. Kevin, like the leader of the group, and they. Neither of them can act very well. It just They share, like, four pretty long scenes together. It's just, like, I w- it's cringing watching them act together. But then you see Jason Biggs is perfectly cast. Alison Hanelin is amazing. I love Natasha Lyonne. She's probably my favorite character in the whole movie. She's really fantastic. Eugene Levy is another great character in the film. But I would say, out of all the cast and characters, honestly, Jessica, played by Natasha Leone is my favorite character because she's a voice of reason. Everybody in this film... so stressed about sex and that's what it's like when you're a teenager before you ever do it you're so stressed about like it's this big thing it has to be right it has to be with the right person but jessica's like it's just sex it's like it's not it's not rocket science it's just it's it's so unimportant wait until you do it then you realize oh it was really nothing (laughs) that's the point and that's the thing with this movie is a lot of high school movies some of them are centered around like the clicks and kind of being cool. But then other ones, the crude sexual ones, I wouldn't even put this as too much of a crude humor movie. There's really only two main sequences of crude, grossed-out humor with the beer and then Finch in the bathroom. Besides that, there's not much over-the-top gross-out humor, but this one's focused on kids losing their virginity. That's something that we go through in adolescence going into adulthood that we're all focused on. We're teenagers. Our hormones are going crazy. We're just also so worried about the perception of, going off to college, becoming an adult, turning 18 and not having lost our virginity, which there's nothing wrong with, you know. But in the 90s and the 80s, it was, there was there's a lot of pressure on high schoolers to do this. And the rest of the cast is great. Besides Jason Biggs, Chris Klein as Oz. Again, Thomas Thomas Ian Nicholas as Kevin. Jennifer Coolidge as Stifler's mom, who's had a huge resurgence the last five years with TV. Shannon Elizabeth as Nadia. Allison Hannigan as Michelle. Clyde. Kusatsu as the English teacher. We don't have to bring. Yeah, he's got a small role. Eugene Levy, <laughs> who 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 doesn't remember Clyde. the English teacher? Clyde, what the fuck? I'm just going through IMDb, baby. All right, <laughs> Eugene Levy, Jim's dad. Natasha Leone Chris Owen as Sherman, the Shermanator. Tara <laughs> Reed as Vicky. Manasuvari as Heather, who was killing it in 1999. She's in American Pie and American Beauty, which was the Best Picture winner that year. Sean William Scott as Stifler is one of the best characters of 90s comedy in general. Eddie K. Thomas as Finch, who's really solid in this movie. Yeah. And that rounds out the main cast. John William Scott blew up as Stifler. And he had the biggest career for 10 years out of the entire cast. And he's a scene-stealer, and he plays an asshole. But, like, he's like a high school asshole that everybody knows. It's not so much he's a bully. He does, like, tease people and he's an asshole. He's addicted to people. He's, but he's not, like, I'm going to beat you up kind of bully. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a different kind of of a high school asshole that we would normally see in these movies the thing with this cast and the, the characters in general just feels really authentic and true it to does. what high schoolers are like there's no one like getting stuffed in lockers the the cliche stuff i never saw that in high school but Not i would see it in every single high school movie i'm like i've never seen someone get and thrown into a locker it was by more a bully. Of just someone being a douchebag saying exactly. mean things there's like a jerk at school but the thing with american pie is the characters are so well cast and and so well, you know, fleshed out to an extent that they all feel real. They all feel like somebody you knew in high school or even in college. They all have their little unique things. They're either nerdy or a little dorky or jockey, but not overdone like so many high school movies are. And I think Stifler's Party, the first one in the movie, is a great, like, kind of introduction to just high schoolers, what they really are like. And the cast, it's not a bunch of super attractive models like we get with every high school TV show or high school movie these days they're all just solid actors they look like real people they get yeah. ca- they're cast so well I mean several of them are went on to have huge careers but they're not just like the most attractive person that could be possibly found for this role they're just people they just feel like people because they're just normal people like all of us and so and you could actually see acne on some of them yeah it's, it's, it was actually kind of refreshing I took that away when I watched it because I'm used to nowadays everyone just looks like an Instagram model or, like, a, a fashion model, and they're being cast in all the roles, and I'm like, it takes you out of the reality. They don't even look like a real community of kids. This movie, obviously, some of the actors are a little older, but not actually that old. The oldest actor is John Cho in this movie, and he's 26 in this movie. Most of, everyone's in their late teens or early 20s. So, actually, the, some of them actually were still teenagers, so I think they did a good job casting. and But they just look like real kids. They don't look like... They've had Instagram. They don't look like they walk runways. They don't look like they have perfect bodies. You know what I mean? They they feel authentic. I think since we're Allison Hannigan's in this movie, and obviously she's in the great sitcom How I Met Your Mother, then we have the sort of remake with How I Met Your Father yeah. that came out. It's already canceled. That show I watched a couple scenes of, and I was totally out of it because – Everyone on that show, even if you look at the posters and billboards, it's just a bunch of models. Mm-hmm. Hillary Duff is very gorgeous, but I'm not saying that the original cast aren't a bunch of very attractive people as well. But it seems like a lot of casting directors and shows and studios, they just care about the most attractive people to put in roles. But How I Met Your Mother was so successful for so many years. That show ran for like eight seasons or something like that because it's just a bunch of really great actors and people that seem authentic to real life versus – who's the best-looking person who has a huge Instagram following we can put to get people to watch this show. No one really cares about that stuff. We want real people that seem authentic to reality, and I think that's why American Pie, when it comes to high school movies, high school comedies, this one is pretty timeless. Of course, there's a few things that aged horribly, but overall, it has a bunch of great sequence uh, sequences of high school interaction as well as life lessons. You know, as much as there is like the kind of like you could say locker room talk or the male gaze fantasy of these guys just obsessing over girls that's what a lot of guys are like as in teenage years but that doesn't mean that women and girls don't love this movie as well because i can tell you for a fact i know that they do there's actually quite a lot of you know putting men in their place and showing them for how dumb they can be and behaving at times like Uh, Oz is seen with the girl he's trying to date who's from college and he he acts like a total dick and she she calls him out on it and she's like teaching him about you know it's suck me beautiful Yeah, exactly it's like (laughs) what a ridiculous thing to say because he's an idiot and he's a guy and he doesn't know what he's doing this is his first time ever talking to a girl legitimately and she's in She's, she didn't go on Twitter and cancel him exactly. she pretty much put him in his place and she's like, no, this you have to respect a woman. you have to this needs to be consensual. you can't just go out and scream things like this And there are actually quite a bit of, a number of scenes and even when a guy is trying to humiliate a woman, they actually get their own in there like they get humiliated guy when guys act like horribly in this movie, they get embarrassed and they get showed up in this film. Yeah, every one of the main characters when we're talking about uh, Jim, Oz, Kevin, and Finch. They're trying to take advantage of girls because yeah. their goal is to lose their virginity. They're trying to have sex. And all four of them do really mean things to take advantage of the girls. So for Kevin, he's, you know, sick of only getting to third base with Vicky. He doesn't want to say, I love you yet. And he's just like, I'm tired of this. I need to have sex at some point. And he says that in front of a bunch of people and she hears it. And so then he spends the rest of the film trying to get forgiveness for her to try to to sleep with her. And then J- uh, Jim does a terrible thing where he broadcasts Nadia in his bedroom on a webcam on the net. Yes, we did call it the net back then. That's that was the hip it's way of saying It's not called it. the internet. It's a terrible thing to do to broadcast someone without their knowledge in your a private space like this, especially if they're undressing. Horrible on Horrible. the internet. It's a terrible terrible thing to do. However, he gets his own because what happens to him, he gets completely humiliated in this scene even though he he does a terrible thing putting a girl on the internet without her knowledge he gets so humiliated that he's the laughing stock of the school so he basically gets punished for his actions stifler he's trying to take advantage of this young girl at the party he's lying to her he's she says i'm just gonna be another girl you tell all your friends about and he's like no i would never do never. that never about that he's just trying to get in her pants real quickly what happens to stifler he drinks beer that's filled with semen so everyone kind of gets their own Oz, obviously gets this punishment yeah. as well. So everyone gets punished for trying to take advantage of girls in this film. And ultimately, I mean uh, the, it does it doesn't I wouldn't say it gets deep, but this is a testament to Paul and Chris Whites, they're actually pretty solid directors. They made About a Boy with Hugh Grant, which is a really sweet kid uh movie about a guy who takes in a kid. And now uh, Chris Whites actually, he made uh, Twilight Saga New Moon, he made the the um uh, The Golden Compass adaptation um with Nicole Kidman, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he did that film, and so he's done a, quite a lot of big studio movies. And Paul White has uh, less of a big career as a director, but they both produce and write. And so Chris White's actually helped write Rogue One. They both produce. They both produced the Farewell, the A24 film. So and uh, Chris White's also made a Better Life, which is a really great film about Mexican immigrant trying to raise his son in America and just doing what he can to get by. So they both have a cr- careers with really incredible films on their filmography that have a lot to say about people, about humanity, about culture and things. So they're very smart directors. So I, watching this again last night, I was like, wait, it's the Whites brothers made this? But then it doesn't make sense because, like I said, it's not a deep movie, but there is, there's some good moments in the movie. There's some good character beats. There's some good life lessons the kids learn. Uh, they obviously make lots of mistakes, but then ultimately, like, as the the whole objective of, of the film is to get laid, they learn that it's more. It's about more than that, at least for some of them. You know what I mean? That's all it is for Jim. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is for Jim. <laughs> I, got used, I got used. I got used. And then Finch, yeah, he hooks up with the mom. and But then, like, with someone like uh, Kevin and Oz, they learn that it's really – it's not so much about having sex, but, like, are you – do you love the person you're with? The thing with Kevin and Vicky, their relationship, I think, is the worst in the movie. Same. They they just don't have any chemistry together on camera. And but there are there's a great life lesson here with Kevin and Vicky, where all Kevin wants is to have sex, and all Vicky wants is to hear Kevin say, I love you. And Kevin's not ready, and it's a kind of a great mirror where Vicky wants the sex the, for the first time to be perfect. But then Kevin wants when he says, I love you to be perfect. And they kind of like, oh, I realized I want the same thing, but I want a perfect version of it. But then they find out there's no such thing as perfection. And there's a great life lesson here. In a moment of wisdom from Kevin's older brother, played by Casey
1: Affleck. Casey
0: Affleck just comes out of nowhere. I haven't seen this movie in so long. Casey Affleck comes on screen. Anthony and I are like,
1: "It's Casey oh! Affleck? Are you kidding me?" I always
0: <laughs> forgot that he was his brother in this movie. I, the voice just came back immediately. Like that, that yes. Casey's got. That, I always like, remember. I was like, "That guy is cool. He's got like yeah. that soft, raspy voice." They're yeah. eating sushi in a restaurant. I'm like this is this really is a, cool. This is an I'm, adult right here. Sophisticated <laughs> individual. This twenty-three-year-old out of college eating sushi at a bar. It really cool hip guy and you know Kevin he wants to it sounds to Casey his older brother that all Kevin wants to do is get in his girlfriend's pants but what Kevin says and he kind of gives him a question or poses him this test like is that all you really want just getting your girlfriend's pants and Kevin says no I want to reciprocate I want to give her an orgasm back basically he's like that's the right answer you know you want to do something for her. It's not just about you. You've won the Bible, this secret book that's underneath the section at the library in the high school that gives you all the secrets of sexual mastery. So you you deserve this book because your heart's in the right place, just like the movie. It can be crude. It can be gross-out humor at times. And Again, things that haven't aged well. But American Pie, its heart is in the right place. I like the book. I think that it would have done better with some more book stuff.
1: Yeah, more I, of like mythology.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really funny thing in the movie that just comes out of nowhere. And if they got it in earlier and used some more bits of it in the in the story, I think it would have been fun. It would have been good if Jim got his hands on the yeah. book. Because Jim trying to do things with the book for maybe <laughs> flirting with girls would have been really funny. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of I'm the most famous, the, uh, the iconography of the movie is in its title, American Pie. And, you know, Jim having his way with an apple pie. <laughs> Jim's the most desperate of them yeah, all. Like, what's it feel like? Like, warm apple pie. And then Jim's like, really? No, he goes, store-bought or homemade? <laughs> <laughs> he's dead serious! <laughs> uh, Jason Biggs is perfectly cast as this, like, he's Sorry. he's a shy loner. Oh, no, he says homemade or McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's this shy, not a loner, but a loser, and... He's had no luck with women. And, well, but, I wouldn't call him a loser because he's friends with Stifler. And Stifler's, like, the coolest well, he, guy in school. Well, Stifler's friends with Oz, because Oz is the best player on the lacrosse team, and, and they're part of Oz's crew, so I wouldn't say he's really friends he's, with Stifler. He's a cool—but he's, he, he's in the cool group. Because especially in the sequels, like, Stifler, like, is reluctant to become friends with Jim, but then they do. He's—yeah, true, but, I mean, he's in that inner circle. So he's yeah. going to parties and stuff, so he's part of, like, the cool crew to an extent. But it's really Oz is the connective tissue for that. Yeah. That's why they're there, because I— Uh, They don't say it, but I imagine these four kids grew up together, and then Oz became such a good athlete that he's friends with another athlete jock in the school, Stifler. So that's why they go to the events, that's why they go to the parties, because Oz is, like, this cool jock. I get that, I get that for sure. But yeah, Jimmy's like... Jason Biggs is perfectly cast. Eugene Levy is perfectly cast. Their scenes together are, are always some of my favorites in the film. I love the scene when they hug in the hallway they just keep patting each other's back. <laughs> when he's, he's going like, to prom? Yeah, he's, he's, he's like patting. so proud. He's like, who's the lucky lady? And Jim's like... It's, uh, Michelle. <laughs> she must be special. <laughs> Jim's a great lead for this movie because we've kind of all been in this I place. feel like Jim's the lead, but he then the Kevin's lead. like the leader of the group. But he's I the think, worst leader, yeah, though. But terrible. Jim's the lead of the movie. You know, he's the main character in the post. He's the main character in the movie. We're follow- We're the only... We only see his home life. So he's clearly the lead of the movie. Yeah. And Jim, he is so desperate to have sex for the first time because it's more out of not being humiliated. He feels humiliated that, humiliated that he hasn't had sex yet in a lot of ways. He's so nervous about it, and it opens up with him just—he's experimenting with sex and he's watching this this bad channel. You know, so when we before we had you know what we have for digital cable today, we had ca- crappy cable receptions, and you could get like naughty channels on there if you kind of like hacked it correctly. Now you can see, obviously, super bad those writers. Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen drew from this film. Hundred percent, yeah. They improved upon this film, but this film, you, you, there's no super bad without American Pie. But Jim, he gets in so many situations of embarrassment in his home life that it reflects even more into his social life as well. But, like, it, most of it happens at home with his father, with his parents. Like, his parents, the opening of the scene is him masturbating to a porno, and his mom walks in. Oh, Jim, what are you watching? I'm just watching a nature documentary. Then his dad comes in. Oh, something wrong with the cable. He's like, I think you're watching a dirty movie. They lift up his robe, and he's got an erection inside of a tube sock. It's just, like, the most humiliating thing you could think of. Like, the pie scene is one of the most humiliating things that could possibly happen. It's the warm apple pie thing. He comes home. On the counter is this warm apple pie his mother just made. Jim, your favorite warm apple pie. See you for dinner. And I have to say, one of the funniest moments I've ever seen in a comedy in general is when Jim sticks his fingers in the pie. Then we cut to his dad. Walking in the driveway. And then I forgot how long the cut is. Yeah. The cut is to Jim on top of the counter, literally thrusting into the pie, his pants down, and he's like, Oh, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so they actually had a trouble with the MPAA to get an R rating. Oh, it was N C seventeen? So it was N C seventeen because they originally filmed it with him doing four thrusts into the pie. <laughs> I wish they kept that. But then the MPAA uh, allowed an R rating if they when they trimmed it down to just two thrusts. <laughs> Can you imagine four thrusts (laughs) into that fight? Oh my god. And also, whenever I watch this movie, just like how Scream did a great job spoofing uh, horror movies, not another teen movie, did a great job spoofing a bunch of teen comedies, this being one of them, so they opened up that movie with um, Janie Briggs with the dildo in her bedroom, and her like her grandmother walks <laughs> oh, yeah. in, her whole family it's comes. A in. Cake, right? yeah, it's a birthday cake, right? It's a birthday cake. Yeah, it's just this, she's got this giant dildo that's going off, and it falls in the yeah, cake and yeah. splatters everywhere. Yeah. And then also they spoof Oz so well <laughs> in another yeah. movie. Like there's that sensitive of guy. He's like, dude. St- Stop!
1: <laughs> no! Stop in it,
0: Because Oz, is he does get annoying half the time in this movie. <laughs> I have a bunch of great fun facts before we get more into the film. So, Jason Biggs' fake erection, the opening of the film, inside the tube sock... It was made from a foil-wrapped sausage stuck <laughs> on a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Sean William Scott, he was paid only $8,000 for his role in the original movie, and while before it came out, he was still working, I believe, as a waiter or, or a So he job. filmed this movie, and then he went back to waiting tables before its release. It's but crazy. then when it was released, he became a huge hit in Hollywood. I would say he probably had the biggest career out of everybody in this movie. In For terms 10 of... years. He's still doing stuff. But yeah. Natasha Leone's had a great resurgence lately. She's got her own TV show. And then again with Jennifer Coolidge, just won an Emmy in the Globe. So she's Jennifer Coolidge is at that highest right now, but Alison Hannigan with yeah. How I Met Your Mother was huge for a yeah. while too. So some of them, like Hannigan and Sean William Scott, they had big two thousands. Men of Suvari as well yeah. too. And then uh, speaking of Stifler though, so the beer that he drank that had the semen in it from Kevin <laughs> it was actually it was <laughs> egg whites. It was egg whites. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that scene makes me gag. And then how about with Michelle? Even though her character was an accomplished flutist, Allison Hannigan actually played clarinet in high school. The famous apple pie was purchased from a big chain. Do you know which one? Can you guess? Costco. Yes, it was Costco. a <laughs> Costco pie. I love Costco. <laughs> the original working title for American Pie was unfinished teenage sex comedy, which can be made for under $10 million that studio readers will most likely hate, but I think you will love. Eugene Levy, who played Jim's dad, threatened to quit if the director didn't let him improvise almost all of his lines. And they also Almost got Bill Murray to play his dad, but I think Eugene Levy was perfect and, again, improvised pretty much everything he said. Eugene's perfect. He's great. Jason Biggs originally had a body double for the sex scenes, but the double was fired because he had a scar on his stomach, so Jason had to do all of them himself. Sean William Scott and Chris Klein were bad at lacrosse. Even after three weeks of practice prior to shooting, real lacrosse players were hired to double for the actors. And then, there's a great cameo, a couple in this movie. Specifically, Blink-182 has a cameo during the webcam sequence when Jim is running between houses. That guy's in my trig class. <laughs> Go, trig boy.
1: Go, trig boy. On.
0: Blink-182, there's a cut scene of going to different parts of the high schoolers. It's the band that's rehearsing. That's Blink-182. Now, Travis Barker, the drummer of Blink-182, is in this shot, but he was wrongly cast in the credits as Scott Rayner, who's the former drummer of the band. <laughs> And then there's another great cameo besides Blink 182. We have, K- oh yeah, Casey Affleck. I guess you could say is a cameo now, but I guess not at the time. He was obviously in Google Hunting a few years before, in 1997. I read that uh, an actual Playboy Playmate was a cameo when the students are waiting outside the women's room when Finch walks out. She's one of them laughing at. I wonder it. if anyone would have picked up on that. If- I, th- I think Playmates back then were more famous, way more famous than nowadays because there's so you see so many. You can see so many women on the internet, but back then it was like you really had to just buy the magazine. So I think they had definitely more social clout. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. People would know them by names. Even though we had the net, again, there were like 17 websites. (laughs) (laughs) The net, people keep saying the net in this movie, and that is really what it was at first called. Now we know it as the internet, but the net was used for several years before that popularized. And another thing that was popularized in this movie... So the term MILF was popularized in this movie. Now Jennifer Coolidge, MILF!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jennifer John Coolidge, play, yeah, plays Finch's mom, plays Stifler's mom. John Cho, I would say, has the biggest career out of this entire cast. He's up there for sure, and he's just the MILF guy, one of the MILF guys, he's and just, a singer and, the and choir. The choir singer. So, however, but this film, many people thought that this film invented the term MILF, but a website in 1995 called Usenet made a post that initially used the acronym. It was the first ever use of the term MILF. It predated this movie by four years. However, this film definitely popularized the term MILF. So MILF was not a used term before this movie, really. And speaking of MILF, in terms of profanity in the movie, there aren't a bunch of curse words in this movie, if you think about it. There's only, like, really a handful, and they hit every time. Like when Michelle says, "This one time at band camp, I shoved a flute up my pussy." I'm yeah. like, "Oh shit!" That yeah. came out of nowhere. Yeah, you're right. And then with MILF with John Cho, he's like, "The, the chicks of MILF, <laughs> mom, I'd like to fuck." I'm like, "Oh crap!" That came out of nowhere too. <laughs> so it, they really hit you with the profanity really well, but it's not overdone to an extent that it's just like overbearing. It's funny you think that that term was older, but it's not. I guess like, that not. was really the first. That was really the first time general audiences or in mainstream culture really used the term MILF ever. There's a bunch of great music in this film as well. We have, obviously, Blink-182 has a song in this film that we were just talking about. Then we also have... The Ventures have a song "Walk Don't Run" that plays when Finch runs to the bathroom when he's got diarrhea from Stifler putting laxative in his mochaccino. That's a, that's probably the best needle drop. It works perfectly for the scene. Bare Naked Ladies, their song "One Week," it plays twice in the film: once during one of the party scenes and during the end of the film where Jim's dad watches Jim stripping at the webcam. <laughs> <laughs> the... I thought they would end it in the because t- in, in the credits it changed one of the t- credits rolled. They should have kept that song. I think. True. Uh, then we have Third Eye Blind has a song oh "Semi Charmed Life" it Plays during the dog oh year God. scene after the party. <laughs> Third eye blind. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everclear. clear? Everything to everyone. It's during a montage with Oz and Heather on the docks and Kevin and Vicky in the house. This is after prom night. And then we have Simon and Garfunkel. So you realize this movie was made by film buffs. It's a, There's a great Easter egg. So when Finch is uh, trying to seduce Stifler's mom, walks into the little billiards room, the, the pool room. They have Mrs. Robinson playing, which is a great nod to The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. Now, this movie does get adulthood wrong completely, because when I watched this movie as a kid, I thought that adults were sophisticated and talked like this. And then Finchie, like, obviously, they they make him seem like he's more mature than other students by the way he dresses, the things he talks about, and, and the, the the his mochaccinos. And then when he talks to Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mom, they're they're like drinking brandy. And and I was like, I thought that's what adults did, but that's not at all what adults do whatsoever. So I think that obviously they, they went to the extreme, but to make him different from other kids, but they got adulthood completely wrong, I would say. One of the best needle drops is when Nadia is in Jim's room and he obviously walks in and everyone's watching him and they play at a James at last, at <laughs> last, because Nadia tells Jim to walk over to him, like, come here, Jim. It's so funny. <laughs> oh my God, poor Jim. Well, he got what he 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 got what he deserved. Yeah, he, he did. Deserved, like, he deserved like we said, humiliation. taking advantage of a girl, putting her on the internet, and what happens to Jim? He orgasms twice in his underwear while on webcam broadcast to everyone in high school by only touching Nadia. Merely touching her. So, yeah, you got what you deserved. Yeah, you got what you like deserved. Like we say, they punish the guys for trying to take advantage of girls. I'm still – but I'm still shocked at this. Like, we didn't really, we didn't even think twice about it. It was a Culturally, different time. You yeah. know, for comedy, you know, comedy always goes through different changes and eras and yeah. and subjective uh, – what the audience can perceive as, like, this is what acceptable humor. What is this offensive? Acceptable humor. The line is moving. That's what people have yeah. to understand. There's a lot of context to eras and times. It's Nineteen, The 90s, man. Yeah. You could still get away with so many things. This was – everyone was fine with this kind of humor really back then yeah. and not saying that it makes it acceptable but with context that's why this was in such a big movie and everyone found it hilarious so there's that that is that is exactly right and then also there's something there's another glaring issue with this movie is 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 completely lacking in diversity whatsoever like the the main 12 people are white <laughs> so this movie it completely showed that you know hollywood was lacking in diversity in a huge way in this huge hit of a movie was an example of that because diverse culture, huge movie, no diversity at all. John Cho has the most lines as a person of color, and he's just screaming without a MILF the whole time. So. <laughs> he's, this so, movie. he's so funny, this though. M- but honestly, he's one of the best actors. He could be the best actor in the film, ironically. He's up there for sure. I mean, Manu Suvari again, she's in an Oscar-winning Best Picture movie with American Beauty the same year, so she's really talented. But I think the script is just, you know, it can get kind of – uh, hallmarky daytime TV it drama. It does get cheesy as hell, for sure. It Sometimes does. Sometimes, specifically with some of the relationship stuff. But when it comes to Oz and Heather, played by Minister Viri and... and um, Chris Klein. Chris Klein. I think their relationship is the most endearing and the sweetest, and it actually makes me start to smile I agree by that, the end of yeah. the film. there's um There's a couple of very sweet scenes between between them, and the actors have, by far, amongst the entire cast of couples, they blow everyone else out of the water in terms of chemistry they actually do work well together and some of the scenes are very sweet the dialogue can be very soap opery but they pull it off and then sometimes they the music supervisors they chose the right song to play and there's a couple of really really touching moments and they have by far the sweetest storyline it ends on a high note they are in a relationship and they are beginning to fall in love and it's it, it's a great contrast to Kevin and Vicky where Kevin's like I don't know if I do love her. I don't know if I ever want to say it. Whereas Oz is like happily talking about it already. So they have, I think that's the best relationship of the entire film. And with Heather and Oz, you know, this pact of the boys, we're going to lose our virginity. Prom is the night where we made this pact. Kevin's obsessed with it. And at the end of the film, after prom night, and they all do lose their virginity. They all do have sex. They're all talking about it, except for Oz says that they didn't have sex. And I think that's a great character moment for Oz because he doesn't want to spoil what he just experienced with Heather. Even though he did, he lies and says they didn't. He said they just talked all night and cuddled. But really, they did have sex. But to him, it's more important than just losing your virginity with what he's experienced with Heather. So it's actually a really sweet kind of life lesson in a relationship here. Yeah, it is. How about we go to our intermission? Yeah. And then we'll get back to American Pie because there's still so much to talk about. With this raunchy comedy from 1999. But before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost podcast is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. It's a subscription-based form of support. We have five different tiers of membership. Every single tier has access to a weekly bonus episode of the show as well as the weekly chat, which is exclusively on Patreon now. We have different tiers that have awesome perks. Going up to the $5 tier, you get access to the ad-free experience of every single main episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast, which you can also link with your Spotify and listen on Spotify ad-free we also have a Discord where at the minimum $10 tier you get access to. We have watch parties on there as well as communicating with you about film stuff all the time. And then $25, you get a private episode. $100 is the ultimate granddaddy tier. You get so many perks, I don't have time to name them off. You get free merch, private watch party, all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Patreon helps us do the show Full-time, we couldn't do it without our supporters. Thank you so much to everyone who is a patron. Again, patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. There's a link in the description of this episode. It's very clickable, very easy to find. It's very clickable. You can also support us by leaving those five-star reviews on Spotify, Apple. They are essential to us getting seen by new people on the platforms and ranking and charting higher and higher on podcast lists, as well as we love to read out the five-star written reviews that you can leave on Apple. Thank you so much to everyone who's left those. And also, the best way for a podcast to grow is to share us. Word of mouth is integral for a healthy podcast growth. Tell your family members, tell your friends, anyone who who you know loves movies, share our show with them. Post in Instagram stories, Twitter. We always reshare everything and repost everything. Thank you to everybody who supports the show every single day. And of course, like always, <clears throat> I'm dying. Like yeah. always. <laughs> <laughs> Like always, do you have some of Stifler's beer? (laughs) Gross! I'm gonna (laughs) gag again. This episode is sponsored by our friends at MoviePosters.com. The number one place to get your posters online today. Be sure to use our promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order right now. The holiday season is upon us. There's no better gift to get the movie lover in your life than a great movie poster from MoviePosters.com. Also, buy yourself a gift. Get yourself a poster. Be sure to use our promo code, Raiders10. They're also doing a movie poster giveaway contest with us right now. If you'd like to enter into this contest, all you have to do is go to our YouTube channel and make a comment in the Tom Cruise movie draft episode that will automatically enter you in a chance to win a free movie poster from MoviePosters.com. We're going to pick that winner later this week, so stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, for all of your poster needs, be sure to go to the TheAmazingMoviePosters.com and use our promo code Raiders10 right now to get 10% off your order. All right, let's get into our intermission. Do you want to start with superlatives and then go into our movie trivia stuff? Let's do uh, superlatives. All right, superlatives starting with Anthony in American Pie. Who is the MVP of the film? Uh, Jason Biggs is the MVP. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's perfectly cast. He's hilarious, and I I love the Jim character. In in terms of the role with Jim, it's an embarrassing role to take on. You have to have a lot of confidence in yourself and to be put in humiliating situations like having sex with an apple pie on a counter and being humiliated by orgasming in your pants twice. So it's like a role that not everyone would want to do. Yeah. So I think that Jason Biggs did a great job, and it's essential to the role. Kudos to him. Kudos to him. What's the best scene? The best scene, I would say, is... I think that, um, I think the finch running through the school (laughs) is hilarious. In the girls' room, they're talking about him at the sinks. I think that's really funny. It's 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 a really great great moment when he's he's trying to hold in his shit, (laughs) and the girls are talking about him. (laughs) It's just great physical acting. Mm -hmm. Really funny. I think the best scene is Stifler's first party. He's sort of like walking around the house and welcoming everybody, being this tastemaker, but also really mean and, and like a douchebag. Yeah. But you get a sense of every click, every kind of person. It just feels like a real high school party. Like we, so, we see so many fantastical versions of high school parties and TV and movies today. That's just like, that's not what it's like. But this is what it's like. It's a bunch of people sitting in different parts of a house, drinking beers, taking shots. Being and- a bunch of idiots. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Legit. What's the best shot? I mean, there aren't really any great shots in this film <laughs> at all. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but I would say I got to go with I think Jason Biggs running covered in sweat uh, down the street is hilarious. With Blunk, 1- Blunk yeah. 182 playing? It's, it's, I think it's a great shot. It's really funny. I think my favorite shot is at, at the prom party at Stifler and Stifler's mom's beach house or river lake house. There's a shot where... Jim and Michelle are talking on the couch, and Jim's like trying to get like something s- saucy out of her, basically. But she keeps talking about band camp and like kissing boys, spin the bottle. Mm-hmm. In the background, Stifler is talking to a couple guys, and he's about to take a sip of beer, and then he holds it up and looks at it, and then he's like checks it, and then he sips it, and he smiles, and he, like goes back to his conversation. <laughs> so it's like a nice little is- Easter egg in the background, and it's a nice nod. But also, I think I just remembered there's another shot in this movie. It's a long take at prom. A wonder where they get a shot of every main character at prom, camera moving from table, seating to going onto the dance floor. We have Jessica walking by listening to like Led Zeppelin on her oh, headphones. Yeah, you're right. But it's yeah. a wonder it gets a shot of everybody. It's a really cool shot. Yeah, that's a great point. That is a wonder. Who's the best actor in American Pie? Best actor. I get to go with... let me look at the cast real quick. I'm going... no one's really exceptional. You go first. I think Natasha Lyonne is the best at the time in this movie. You know, I think she's like a great voice of reason. She has a lot of confidence on camera. But between her, it's between her and Sean William Scott because Sean William Scott steals every scene, I think. Well, he is a scene stealer, but in terms of acting, I think Eugene Levy... Overall, he's obviously the most experienced. He's the veteran. And he, he's in a way commands all of his scenes and kind of even in the comedy space is a, a dominating comedic actor. So and he just he sells all the scenes with Jim so well. So I would say Eugene Levy is the best actor in the film. All right. What's the best line in American Pie? The best line is... Hold well, on, you go first. So I picked when Oz and Stifler, they're having this conversation. All the guys are. And, you know, at, we'll talk about how every guy has their own method of trying to lose their virginity. And Oz is going like the sensitive route. So then they're talking and Oz goes on being sensitive, he says, You ask them questions and listen what when... you ask them questions and listen to what they have to say and shit. And then Stiffer says, I don't know, man. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it's really offensive <laughs> Just really... like that college girl said, All you gotta do is ask them questions and listen to what they have to say and shit. <laughs> it's so funny and so mean. That's Chris Clyde's best delivery of the film for yeah, sure. It's
1: hysterical. I would say Hold on, it's Hold on, I didn't prep a quote. I know I could tell you didn't do your job today, Anthony. There's too many good
0: ones <laughs> uh, or i think when eugene levy after the pie scene says we'll just tell your mother we ate it all i gotta go with um actually michelle's line um when she because it's so out of nowhere she says this one time at band camp because it's set up with all of these really lame responses this one time at band camp we've played spin the bottle this one time at band camp blah 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 and then at the party she goes this one time at band camp i put a, fl- a flute up my pussy. <laughs> Jim spits out his beard. He's like, what? That's <laughs> it. Because that line's so out of nowhere, and it's set up really well. Just You're expecting something lame to come out. And then she's on top, and she says, Say my name, bitch! <laughs> slaps him in the face. <laughs> oh my god. This movie's crazy. <laughs> All right, let's get to our movie quotes competition. Are you ready? Ready. I prepped this. All right, good. Here's my quote.
1: The weather outside is weather. That's Paul Rudd. In... Is it... It's... it's no, wait, It's not role models. It's the other one. Yeah, it's role models. Nope. No, it's the other one. What's the one with... The weather know. outside is weather. It's, um... It's the Adam Sandler one. Nope. Fuck.
0: <laughs> What's it? Forgetting Sarah Marshall.
1: Oh, forgetting Sarah oh, Marshall. the weather <laughs> outside is
0: weather. Mm-hmm. It was Paul Rudd, though. Yeah, it was. His surfing. Surfer instructor. <laughs> you sound like you're from <laughs> You know, when I got here, I just... I got rid of my watch, man. Oh, why? You don't want to tell time. My phone does the same thing. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: That's
0: a really good movie. All right. Here's mine. Why is he having sex with her belly button? He knows where her vagina is, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What is this? Oh, I, I think um the disaster artist. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Someone on set says that, right? Yeah, someone watching the scene play out for The Room. We should do The Room. Well, we should do The Room and The Disaster Hours together. What a
1: great back-to-back double feature, man. All right, guess this movie release year, Anthony, and listeners. What year did My Cousin Vinny come out? I'm going
0: to go 1996. 1992. Damn, it's old. It's old. The
1: hairstyle, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. True, true, true. All right, what year did The Disaster Hours come out? 2017? 13. Wow,
0: it's that old? It's 10 years old. Holy crap. Yeah, you're old, man. God, dude. You're old. So are you, then. Movie pop quiz time. Anthony
1: and listeners, name three SNL sketches that were turned into movies. And this Um, isn't a thing that happens anymore. (laughs) Neither Roxbury. One. Um, Fuck. There are about nine. Plus
0: sequels. Hold on. Um, Blues Brothers? Two. Um, Fuck. it. off the top of your
1: head, it's tough. SNL skits turn into movies. SNL movies. Fuck. God damn it. Um,
0: um, Hold on, hold on. Hold, please. Hold,
1: please. Oh my god, this is so hard. You uh, love one of them too. I'm sure I do, yeah. I think it's your favorite comedy. I'm gonna be pissed if I get it wrong. My favorite comedy, yeah. I've heard you say that on the show before. Damn, and now I, and I can't get it. Hold on, hold
0: on. no, no music, man. You're well, I gotta, gotta give some the listeners. To, I gotta give everyone something to listen to. All right, yeah, you're right.
1: Uh, if they can do it on Jeopardy, and they have to come up with something really tough, mm-hmm. we should get a timer. Okay, 10 um, more seconds. Was it Soul Man? Close.
0: What's his name? What, what's that guy's, the character's name? I'm not going to give you the answer. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies' Man. Yes. So you got three. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. yes, I did it. All right. There you go. <laughs> okay, also, So Anthony said Night at the Roxbury, La- the Ladies' Man, and the Blues Brothers. There's also the Blues Brothers 2000, huh? Wayne's World. Oh, Wayne's World. Superstar. <laughs> Superstar with Will Ferrell again. Yeah. Coneheads. Oh, my God. Yes. It's Pat. They made a movie about, remember, it's Pat? Pat? Yeah, the androgynous character from SNL back in okay, the 90s. it's Pat. It's Pat. <laughs> and then, oh, you're going to kill yourself.
1: <laughs> McGruber! No! McGruber! McGruber! That's
0: not my favorite comedy. That's you a, said that on the show. No, I haven't. I said I love it. I feel I, like you I've said... I've never said it's my favorite. I, think it's I would my never favorite, say it. I feel like you said it's my favorite movie of all time, McGruber. I've never said it's my favorite comedy. That's a lie. Someone's going to have to go off. back and find the deep tracks. McGruber! <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. That was a good question. Thanks. I'm um, man. Fun, I, right? Yeah, it's funny. You can, I couldn't think of the other ones, even though I love them. But yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I got Ladies Man
1: just in time. Cool. Okay, right. who plays Seth Rogan's wife in Neighbors? What's her name? Um, she has that exercise jazzercise show. She does.
0: Ah, she's so pretty too. Rose Byrne. Yes, got it. I thought you would, I didn't think you'd get it. She's in The Place Beyond the Pines too, right? She is. Yeah, she yeah. plays uh, Bradley Cooper's wife. Bradley wife, yeah. I got it, man. You got it, man. All right, you do we have any haters this week or any
1: unsubscribes? Oh we, yeah, we well, we, some, what are we cooking with, Anthony? We got
0: some good unsubscribes this week. I, I was taking screenshots all week.
1: All week this kid all was taking screenshots. Week, so many. Hold on one second. Get in there, man, get in there. Get in there, dog. I'm okay, a, I'm gonna get a five-star review ready. Sorry, one sec, okay. This is a good one. So we had trouble with our movie news episode posting on Spotify and Apple.
0: And so Alexander Maya wrote, Alexander Maya wrote, why is the episode not on Spotify? I said, up now, sorry. Then they just wrote, unsubscribed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes there's just delays and we're kind of at the mercy of podcast platforms for posting the episode. Yeah, it happens sometimes. And then Sophie Burrows uh, on Patreon on our most underrated movies of all time, which you can listen to ad-free. She wrote, if Molly's Game isn't on this episode, I will unsubscribe. So I did like 20 side-eyes of like, oh yeah, we did put it in there.
1: Sorry, Sophie, but I, I hope, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Forgot it. Awkward. What else you got? Hold on, I guess, okay. Apocalypse Later
0: wrote. That's a good name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apocalypse Later. But it's L-8-R. <laughs> clips later. I'm busy now. Most under a movies ever ever episode wrote. All right, that's it. For years, I've listened to you two pronounce Ari wrong, and I've held my tongue. But you say it awry. That's James. If I hear it one more time, I'm unsubscribed. And I replied, "Fill an origin story." <laughs> Ari, I say awry. You say awry. Sorry. <laughs> it's one of those weird words. A-W-R-Y. It's, it's um, some everybody has their words that they struggle with. That's one that you struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mean way to put it. <laughs> it's not mean, I'm just being honest. It's an honest way to put True, it. Sure, you struggle with some words too. Yeah, yeah we both, I, we both I, struggle. I struggle with noir. Noir and outlier. <laughs> say outlier. Outlier.
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. When you read it
0: though, you say outlier. I don't know what you're talking about. Next up, the JRP2010 wrote, Sonic's shoes? Those were Shadow the Hedgehog's shoes. Unsubscribe. Wow, Anthony. I said, and I replied, sorry, I don't know Sonic lore. (laughs) (laughs) I got Tails, Sonic, and Knuckles. (laughs)
1: It's
0: been a minute. I didn't even know who Shadow was, but yeah, they teased Shadow at the end of the last Sonic, I remember, in like that lab. Damn, there's another another really good one. I think I can't find it. It it roasted you, specifically. Um, But yeah, I can't find it. I thought I took a screenshot of it, but I must have been mistaken. Too bad. I'll find it while, maybe I'll find it while you look, while you go through that review. Cool. All right. So we have a great review from Lexi, 7713, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Again, you can leave this on Apple anytime. Thanks. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I didn't say no, that. No, thanks rep. to them. Oh. <laughs> five stars is awesome. Amazing film and TV podcast. I should have written a review sooner rather than later. Their content is not only amazing, but relatable, yet adds depth into cinema i didn't even know to add i thought i was a movie tv buff but these guys take the cake it's so hard to find podcast content that can make it fun to watch and to listen to i love sharing their content with family and friends i even made another social media account just to follow them again oh amazing that doesn't scream ultimate movie and tv podcast i don't know what does lexi has another account just to follow us everyone that's the that's the bar everybody lexi just set the bar y'all need to get your own accounts (laughs) burner accounts just to listen to the content. Thank you, Lexi, that's really sweet. That's really great. I love that. Thanks, Lexi. All right, what are we on to next? Streaming recommendation, what do you got? My streaming recommendation is LA Confidential, which is on Netflix now. I love it. I see it every a couple of years, every couple of years I'll watch it. And it's just, it always is just a great watch. Um, classic noir with this contemporary cast. And I love Guy Pearson. I love Russell Crowe in it, Kim Bassinger. So there's so many great actors in this film. Really excellent movie all around. I have Wayne's World, which is on Max right now. It's a classic from the 90s, 1992. We have just a great sketch from SNL that was consistent for a while and turned into a great movie that had also an, aw- an awesome sequel. But, I mean, Wayne's World's iconic for the 90s. Give it a rewatch on Max. I got it. I got found it. You found it? Yes. So it's because he didn't write unsubscribe, so I didn't screenshot it, but I remember reading it. So Levi Bulger wrote, Someone ought to politely tell that guy how certain things are pronounced. James Cans is misnamed, is pro- mispronounced. The name Imogene is said wrong, and even words like Ari Ari. There's a couple others, but I'm not trying to make a list. <laughs> to, you should you make call her Imogen. Imogen, yeah, you said that last the other day. Imogen Poots, yeah, it's Imogene. Imogene, that's how you say that. Bro, name. doing my best here. And you said James Khan. It's Can. I'm going to can you <laughs> on <from> the show. <laughs> sounds like I should can you because you can't pronounce anything correctly. All right, Outlier. This was the evidence of Outlier. Anyways, let's get back into. Oh, we have every episode. <laughs> every episode at least says Outlier. Let's get back into American Pie. Now, I'd like to start off with each boy's plan to get their virginity card taken away from them and, you know, lose their virginity. Sure. So, Kevin's plan again. You know, he he upset Vicky, obviously, and she should be upset with him. He said something, of, he said something mean and rude, saying, I'm sick of these third base. I got to get laid nowadays. And he's trying to, you know, get her to forgive him. He's sending her flowers, saying the right things. But then, obviously, he gets help from Jessica. You need to give her something in return. You either give the big O or the big L. And then eventually they want it to happen at prom. Oz's plan is to get in touch with this sensitive sign. And find a choir girl. These choir chicks are hot. (laughs) It's an (laughs) untapped resource. (laughs) Jim is the most hopeless. His plan is basically everything. You know, he's shooting (laughs) shots with Nadia. He's got the online dating app with the webcam photo. And then after he gets humiliated by everybody, his plan is, all right, I'll go to prom with this band girl who apparently doesn't know what happened to me on the internet, on the net. And then Finch, his is the most advanced, I guess you could say, he pays Jessica $200 it's to the make best plan. make a bunch of grand lies about him. Some of them that are that he's well endowed, some of that he has a a tattoo with eagles and fire. Some of the lies are that he's had an affair with an older woman, some are that he beat up Stifler and Stifler the calls The scars him, are healed. <laughs> and so Stifler, he has a date for the prom but she ends up saying that like Finch might ask me so I can't go to prom with you. If Finch is going stag, I'm going stag. So they all have their own Basically, path and plan for how they're going to lose their virginity. I would say Finch's was the best until uh, Stifler got him back. Yeah, probably because rumors and gossip spread like wildfire. And then also like having tattoos is so cool in high school. It's, it's yeah, crazy... I remember the first couple when you turn eighteen, a couple of kids get get the tattoo. It's like, oh my god! That's oh, so, they have a tattoo. So what? awesome! That's amazing. Yeah, some people are quick to it, but I guess in terms of the plans. You know, Jim, I feel most sorry for, even though he does do something terrible putting Naughty on the Internet. But, you know, Jim's
1: completely hopeless.
0: He's happy at the end, though. He got used. He got used. I would say Oz's plan, even though it was a plan, it turned him into a better human being. You know what I mean? I think Oz is the person, without a doubt, who actually changed as a person and grew and became a better person than the, the start of the film. One of my favorite moments of the movie, I think it's so hysterical and it kind of flies under the radar, is for me it's a comedic beat but maybe not for most people. So Kevin and Vicky, they finally have love. Kevin says, I love you to Vicky. And Vicky says, I love you back. And they have sex at prom. It's perfect. They have a beautiful night together. And then in the morning, Vicky's like, it's not going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't think it's, it's not going to work Close, out. It's not clarity. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> she's like, you know, we're going to be so far away at school. But like immediately, she's like, nah, not for me. No. Crap, no. <laughs> so like, was he that bad? If <laughs> he was great, she she, they wouldn't have stayed together. But it's like the morning of, like, I just realized it's not going to work out. He's like, it? what do you mean? We can make it work. She's like, no, nah, I don't want to ever see you again. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely sucked. <laughs> Poor guy. And also, speaking of location, this film is set in Ann Arbor, Michigan, but it was actually shot in Long Beach in Southern California. It was using the Long Long Beach School District Area High Schools, uh, Millican High School, whose school colors are blue and gold, was used for the exterior shots, and then Long Beach Polytechnic High was used for the interiors. And I was like, this movie looks like... I said said it looked like Santa Monica, but it's Long Beach. Yeah, it's Long Beach, yeah. And this is supposed to be set in Michigan. That's something that, like, throws you off. They should have just said it in L.A. because everybody's dressed in... Warm attire, warm warm weather attire. It doesn't make sense for for the end for for Michigan setting. Like it should be pretty cold at night. I guess yeah, that's a good point. But I it mean, throws it's you off. Ambiguous location, ambiguous yeah. weather. You yeah. know, It is what it is. It's not as bad as like you know the office. There are actually palm trees in the background of the yeah. office. What I like about this movie is you know peer pressure is a theme in American Pie, but it's not really about drugs or alcohol. Really, it's just because. it it, that's not a main focus of the movie the peer pressure is i have to have sex which is maybe the strongest form of peer pressure maybe makes people feel the most insecure a lot of times you know sex drugs and alcohol are a huge component of being a teenager whether you partake or not and by the end of the film there's a great lesson of not giving into peer pressure because they make this pact and at prom kevin's being a crybaby Because the other guys aren't taking the pact seriously anymore. They don't really care about it anymore. Jim's sick of worrying about sex and being obsessed with sex. And at least my date, Michelle, she has something to other talk about. She has something else to talk about besides sex. Oz is just really focused. He's really falling for Heather. He doesn't really care about having sex with her anymore. And then Finch, is just he's just giving up. He's like, I've been humiliated, whatever. I'm just going out about my night. But Kevin's the only one that's still obsessed with having sex. And he turns into a little crybaby. He's, he he's does, pouting yeah, on the steps. He's a brat. He's getting what he wants, but because it's not going to be a group activity, I guess, he's, maybe he's afraid to have sex without the other guys partaking in it as well. i got to be honest. I would say Kevin is the most unlikable character in the movie. Me too. Even though he's like the leader of the friend group, I think he's so unlikable. Yeah, when he's, cr- he's like pouting on the steps. I'm like, yeah. grow, grow up. Grow up, man. Your girlfriend says you're going to have sex with her finally. This yeah. is what you wanted. Hey, you're Jesus. getting everything you want, and you're crying about it. But because he's afraid. He's afraid to have sex without his friends doing it, too. But I think it's an important part of the peer pressure where some people, they're afraid to do something on their own. They need other people to do it with them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Whether but- it's sex, whether it's drugs, whether it's anything. Yeah, 100%. And there's there's some just, like, little things in this movie, set design or whatever, little jokes. Like, I love the, the family photo of Stifler and his mom. The family photo is like, she's just got like his fist under his hand like a kid. And she's got like a glamour photo of herself. It's hilarious. He's like, he looks like he's in a child's pose, but it's Sean William Scott. Yeah. There's so many fun little comedic beats as well. Like the band at the prom, it's Arabian Nights and they have like really offensive (laughs) Arabian outfits on. (laughs) And now they say, hey, we're gonna take a break, you're beautiful. And everyone's like, you suck. (laughs) And then the Shermanator, he's a great side character too because Sherman's a bigger dork than the crew. He's bigger dork than Jim, than Finch. He's the catalyst for them making the plan. Exactly, and then somehow the Shermanator who calls himself a sex robot sent, sent back in time from the future, from the past, to change the fate of one lucky lady. He sleeps with, apparently sleeps with a girl at Siffler's party from a different high school, and everyone thinks that he's now lost his virginity. I can't be alive anymore now that Sherman the Shermanator has lost his virginity before me but then he gets what he deserves he gets what's coming to him after lying to the whole school about having sex with this girl this girl humiliates him on stage telling him that he wets his pants when he gets nervous and they never had sex with each other and then he pees his pants in front of everybody again another situation where a guy in American Pie tries to take advantage of a girl and gets the karma put on him and yeah. something, and he gets humiliated gets what he basically. Deserves. So every guy who tries to take advantage of a girl in American Pie gets humiliated to a huge extent. Doesn't he hook up with Nadia in the last movie? I think like in, the, see, in, the, the, in number two. The Shermanator spiel works on her, and she loves it. In, in number two, yeah. because Jim is in love with Michelle, they're dating. Because the, Nadia comes back, yeah, and Nadia wants to sleep with Jim, but Jim's like still into Michelle, yeah. And Jim turns down Nadia, and then she's sad, and then the Shermanators around. Yeah, is it believable that Nadia is into Jim? I don't know. Some girls like the nerdy guy. I guess. I I guess you know there could be something about. He's very. Some people like. It's not that he's nerdy. Like like he's naive and innocent. Yeah, he's and he doesn't know how to talk. Like when he walks up to her and her friends at the party, he just starts laughing with them. And he's like, ah, they're like, what the (laughs) fuck is wrong with this guy? (laughs) But yeah, she does seem to be unnecessarily into Jim. But I guess some people are into that. Yeah, but the thing is, like, he doesn't really do anything to attract her. At all, yeah. Except for being really weird, Catalyst. Yeah, it's Plot. a movie. Yeah, it's funny. Like if he had done something that like made her interested, I get that. But like he literally did nothing uh, to interest her. Hey, sometimes you can't control who you're attracted to. You know. Yeah, I guess. I think that may- maybe maybe that's just factors in this little yeah. suspension of disbelief that Nadia would be into Jim. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta let it out. You know, it's part of the movie. And I love when uh, Eugene Levy brings him into brings her into his room. He's like, yeah, this is where he... Uh... <laughs> he's, he's a bookworm. He's a bookworm. <laughs> Studied all the time. Study worm. And he's like so proud. He's like, you got a girl in your room. Jim and his dad have some of the best scenes in the movie. Obviously the opening with the sock, which is super embarrassing. But also when Eugene, when his dad comes in... And discovers the condoms in Jim's drawers, like oh safer than a tombstone. It brings in the porno magazines too, and he's, he's like, like describing them. Uh, it's like it's almost like it's a flower underwater. Yeah. So <laughs> you can see in this particular magazine, they uh, pay specific attention to the breasts, and <laughs> I love how he's, he's like, like they're used for m- for nursing infants. <laughs> <laughs> and when he's leaving his room, I'm gonna leave these books here with you, son. <laughs> he calls them bugs. <laughs> And then uh, the first time he does the birds and the bees talk, and they're both very embarrassed by the situation, and Jim's dad's like, well, and Jim's like upset about it, and Jim's dad's like, well, listen, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do the best I can right now. You know, I, I don't want to be doing this either. And then after he's like, I'm sorry, I should not have gotten riled up in there. <laughs> and like you said earlier, he actually, he revised all of his lines because he didn't like the script for his character. And there's a, a during the porno scene, the porno mag scene. You can see Jason Biggs is holding back laughter because they just did it in a two shot. And he's trying not to laugh because Eugene's probably coming up with that on the spot. He's <laughs> Eugene great. Levy is hysterical in this movie, but he's perfect. I think even if you had Bill Murray, it wouldn't have worked as well as Eugene. I don't think Bill would have worked as well. I don't think so. because Because the dad needs to be – because Bill Murray's cool. He's Bill Murray. Yeah. Like, if he's in a movie in a small role like this, you just can't get over yeah. the fact that it's Bill Murray. But Eugene Levy seems like Jim's dad. Seems like a real dad. Yeah, He seems like Jim's yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love when he's giving Jim that hug to go off to prom. You can see, like, maybe Eugene's... Jim's dad was like him when he was young. Like, yeah. he finally lost his virginity, but maybe he was just like Jimmy. sees a lot of himself in his son. <laughs> Your uncle, Peter, he strokes the one-eyed snakes five, six times a day. <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous. I'm really. so glad that Eugene Levy um, blew up recently with the TV show. And then his dad, his son, Dan Levy, is really great, too. So it's really nice to see that both of them, they're having career for Eugene Levy, resurgence, then, then for Dan Levy, uh, career growth, because their show is really fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, to also be able to work with your son, that must be really exciting. Yeah. The Levy family, they're really
1: fantastic. Funny, it's funny, like, they funny they people. blew up,
0: and then Jennifer Coolidge recently blew up as well. So And then Natasha Leon with her TV show. But Allison Hannigan, man, How I Met Your Mother was huge. Yeah. She was a huge star. It was her and, her and Sean William Scott were the most successful after post this movie. Yeah, out of the gate, they yeah. really took off. Sean William Scott was huge for, like, yeah, 10 years. He was in a bunch of movies. I mean, he was with The Rock in a movie. He was Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, Dukes of Hazard. you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Rundown. Yeah, he was in a bunch of stuff. And then Chris Klein... Hollywood ended up- it didn't work for him. He tried- he was the lead in Rollerball, the remake of the 80s film and- just not a good movie. And then I think he led another movie and then there was just like- he didn't have- he's not a lead actor, Chops. He has- you know, he has the look to an extent. He's- he might be like a little too dreamy looking, like too Sinatra looking. Maybe a little old- his- his his style, his look, it's too classic, I think, for a leading man. Like he- like if you put him in like the 1940s, he's got the look for a star back then. I would say yeah, I think you might be right. And Thomas Ian Nicholas, like I said, he's the least – he was one of the least act, talented actors in this film, even though he was a child star. in King Arthur's Court, Rookie of the Year, great baseball movie. Um, but How as, as, sweet uh, it is to be
1: loved by you, by you.
0: Okay. Scooby-dooby-doo that's, that's Chris Klein, no, I know. I just, it just popped into my head. <laughs> Literally not talking about him. I felt like I felt like blending it <laughs> up, man. It came from the heart. Anyways, Thomas C. E. Nicholas, he had a successful career early on. And he just didn't, he, never, he didn't have the chops to be an actor in Hollywood for, like, big things. So I think for some actors, like, these sequels were important to them, you know, maintaining their presence in Hollywood. Tyra reads the same thing, because after this, it was really just Sharknado for her. Van Wilder. Oh, yeah, Van Wilder. First dates are interviews. <laughs> but Van Wilder, it's funny, but it's all gross-out humor. A lot It's, of it's really nasty, very, yeah. A lot more crude, yeah. which is why I think I like American Pie better, because there's gross-out humor, but it's really a couple scenes. Like I said, it's the beer scene and then Finch Finch's diarrhea. But if, what's funny is John Cho's in American Pie, and then Cal Penn's in Van Wilder. Yeah. And then we got Harold and Kumar after. Is John Cho in Van Wilder? No. no. Not that I remember. It's just Cal. I haven't seen that movie Cal, Cal Penn well. plays Yeah, Cal. The, yeah, his, his roommate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my! The the foreign exchange student, the foreign right? Foreign exchange yeah. student, yeah. Man, Hollywood in the nineties. <laughs> I think I've had these before. <laughs> <laughs> look at me, you're the best star, star. <laughs> no, look at me, pro, 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 pro. <laughs> oh my god! But I mean, yes, yeah, some of the actors in this movie—they're not great. Some of them are really good, but it works. At the end of the day. It's a nostalgic movie, especially with the- the wardrobe, the big jeans, the button-up sli- the button-up short, short sleeve, sleeve shirts. Oh my god. Not like the- the style that's today where it's a lot, like, more fitting, it was just very big clothing well, back then. the thing is, nowadays when you watch, uh, m- contemporary movies, whether it be high schoolers or young kids, they seem so stylish. To the point where it's like, yeah, that's what it's like on Instagram. But like, in four dollars, outfit we, to high school. We live near high school. They all wear jeans and hoodies every day. Like that's all they wear. Like, well, that's, nowadays it's pajamas. Yeah, every, pajamas, everyone wears pajamas. To yeah, school. flannel pajama pants. Like yeah. that's what kids wear at school. But like when you see it on TV or movies, you're like, this is just like so hyper stylized. I feel like they're not really capturing how kids dress anymore on screen. Yeah, because when we were growing up in elementary school, then leading into high school, jeans were still really common. Like, but like getting when we were going to high school. That's when sweatpants became the norm for Sweat a lot pants, of kids yeah. going to high school. But jeans in the '90s were still the go-to jeans and cargo pants, baggy jeans, baggy jeans and cargo pants, cargo yeah. pants. So people weren't weren't ever wearing sweatpants really in yeah. school back then. So I I really do feel that they don't get clothing right in movies anymore for kids. They don't. It gets too. Well, they can't. They, they they style it like their fashion models half the time. No, I know. I agree, but at the same time, you you can't you just can't just have a movie with everyone in, in exactly. Yeah, I know, yeah, but. But again, like, That's just they got it right in this movie. Ameri- this- it's American contemporary style. Yeah. Like what's Well, yeah, th- it's gotten more casual. It's way more casual. Especially when you're going to it's school like, and you don't give a shit. You're wearing slippers to school sometimes. They do, yeah, you're right. They walk by our our house and they're wearing, like, literally, like... Flannel sweatpants in a hoodie to school. Like you go to school like that? Damn, you guys don't give a shit at <laughs> yeah, all. Our our parents would have, wouldn't have let us leave the house like that going to school. Yeah, we wouldn't. We wouldn't Maybe yeah. on like the Friday we would have like every once. There was one a Friday the, a month. It was a, dress down day. Yeah, something like dress that. down day was a day where you wore pajamas. Yeah, you could wear, but it, but it was like even if it was a public school, you still were expected to like you know wear some jeans or something, wear some s- pants. Yeah or if it's hot like yes yeah, sw- But shorts, remember sure. cargo pants? Yeah, cargo pants. Cargo right. pants were a thing so you had cargo shorts and you also had cargo pants with like 16 pockets on them. Yeah. They're great. The hairstyles too. Jim's hairstyle is perfect in yeah. this movie. Everyone Stifler had the the spiky the, the the cowlick. Chris Klein Oz has like the the dreamy like part, the 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 Your 90s hair. part. Yeah. yeah, the 90s part. I got the curls out nowadays sometimes. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the parts. And it's just, I think it's really authentic to the way kids dress though at the time. Sam, I agree. The girls, the girls aren't are over-sexualized yeah. with their wardrobe. They're just, it's just normal clothing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think 10 minutes into the movie, I was like, oh, the clothing's really good. It, it does feel like 90s high school clothing. Absolutely. For sure. Although it's not Michigan. <laughs> it's definitely LA. <laughs> Michigan in the summer. I don't know. It's still LA style. Regions have different styles. Well, I mean, I didn't live in LA in the 90s. I don't know what it was like. Me either. You're right. It's jeans and button-ups. is the, the style, man. I guess that was yeah. just pop culture style. It was like MTV, MTV, brah. You Yeah, it was in sync. I don't know what LA was like here. It was it's probably true. the same as everywhere else for the most part, except just like the surfer crowds and the beach crowds. Yeah, I'm sure they had more skater surfer boom here before we did. Dude, the '90s was the skater boom everywhere. Yeah. Everyone was wearing. This I wore shirt. skater clothes. I didn't have yeah, yeah, so Yeah, Yes, this is perfect. DC shoes, etnies. Yeah, yeah I you I like even different skated. cities wore different outfits. Oh yeah, right. You're right. You're right. We all shopped you're at right. the same stores. At the same. We mills. all looked at the same magazines. It was Sun in Sears top it was yes. all the same clothes everywhere we went. See, We got a lot of clothes at Sears. Why Americans all look the same. They all yeah. dress in the same clothes, <laughs> same blue jeans. Remember the blue jeans, the baggy ones they would have like that little kind of what what would you call it? Like you could the, put hook. A, the It's like yeah, kind of a, yeah, a, a holster. A you could put like a hammer in it, yeah. but it was just it would be there in your jeans. So it was it was they had car- carpenter jeans have those whether they be canvas jeans or or denim jeans. Canvas pants or denim jeans. They have this little loop, not a loop, but like a handle in a way. It's, yeah. it's like a strap. Yeah, strap. A strap. And then so they're built so a carpenter or some a contractor can put a hammer there so they don't have to put it in their pocket, but they can holster it in a way. But, but just it then came they, one of those things. They started putting them on jeans and you just bought jeans with them. And you never even it was just like a strap there and you're yeah. like you did nothing with it. It was just there. <laughs> <laughs> I also love this movie because you're watching it and there's no smartphones. There's really no technology besides Jim's computer and the webcam and it's really, it's really refreshing to look back on because we, I think we have the best of both worlds growing up pre-internet, pre-smartphone, pre-digital technology to a huge extent, and because we know what it was like before then, and you know, this is what it was like. You interacted with people so much more, and your friendships in person were so much more important to you, and these clicks were like everything. If you wanted to talk to your friends, you had to see your friends. You couldn't, yeah, you couldn't talk to them any time of the day. Like Jim gets humiliated on the webcam, and then in the morning. That's when Kevin and tells Finch, them what happened. Like, they, no, they they come up to him. They make fun oh, yeah, of him. Yeah. It's like that's the first time they've talked since last night. Yeah, since the webcam. So they haven't even seen each other since until the morning. There's also another fashion thing that I would have liked to see is a wallet chain. Yeah, I was there's thinking, no wallet chains in this movie. Maybe the bandmates in in that sequence had. They had one of them has to have a chain because there is always a, a bunch of kids with a chain, especially if they were punks or skaters or goth kids. They all, if you shopped at Hot Topic, you had wallet chain for sure. Yeah. Man, I love American Pie. It's an offensive movie. You know, some parts haven't aged well, but it's still hysterical. It's pretty good still. The economy still hits. Yeah. And again, it's full of life lessons that are really important. And, you know, it's hard is in the right place. And like we've said multiple times, guys are taking advantage trying to take advantage of girls in this movie for the wrong reasons. And whenever they try to, something bad happens to them. So they get what they deserve. Every time this movie it's not promoting to take advantage of girls in these terrible ways because every time something happens where again the webcam Jim gets humiliated by orgasming in his pants in front of the whole school twice. Sherman lying about hooking up with a girl and he pees his pants in front of everyone. Yeah. Stiffler drinking the semen beer. Everyone gets punished for taking advantage of a girl. Trying yeah. to take advantage of a girl. A good point, yeah. So I, I think that's important. I didn't to have realize in the movie. that I didn't remember that stuff. I didn't realize that they got they got like humiliated. All of them did. It's smart. Yeah, it's, it, it makes works. sense and it, it's right. You know, it should happen like that because that's the lesson. It you doesn't sh- encourage it you you at all. Shouldn't yeah. take advantage of women to try to get to try to get laid. And I gotta say, the movie isn't as bad as I thought it was. It's it's a lot. Awesome. It's a lot better than I thought it was. It's still f- pretty funny. I, I, I was of, cracking up. I had a great time watching. Yeah, there's some it really night. great comedy in this, and it does work. And it's it other other than the webcam sequence, the rest of the movie does age fine. But the webcam sequence does get hysterical. Yeah, it does get very funny. The first couple minutes, it's very awkward. And and I was laughing the whole movie until this part when he turns on the webcam. Yeah, we were like, oh "Oh my God. I was like, should we be doing this episode? (laughs) This is too much. But I think it's important to talk about because they punish Jim. Yeah. They punish everybody. Agreed. All right. And again, (laughs) the male gaze, the fantasy of uh, an exchange student in your bed masturbating to your dirty magazines. That's never going to happen. Yeah. But that's part of just the... The movie. the movie, it yeah. is what it it's is. A movie. But I think every kind of, all kinds of people enjoyed this movie. They did. It's proof the the box offices, the success is crazy. Two hundred thirty million dollar box office. Everyone liked this movie. That's wild. Men and women, girls and boys. A comedy making that much. That's what it used to be like. Damn, that's crazy. All right, that wraps our episode on American Pie. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Again, become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Link in the description of the episode. Leave those five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple and share us with your family and friends. Take care, everybody. See you next time. This episode was executive produced by our Chosen One patrons, Cody Moen, Andrew Hagen, Becca Keen, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Murphy Griggs, Nicholas Martin, Darian Singleton, Tyler McFly, Andrew Hagen. Our Chosen One patrons are our biggest supporters. Thank you so much. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.